I'll be interested to see uh, where GLers weigh in on this. Where do our sensibilities lie? 646-8255-877. What is it? 615-1500. Boom. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I I must say in advance, I know where my uh, ruling will be. All right. Minneapolis homeowner loses rink appeal. The city zoning board has bought the complaints of neighbors. The Minneapolis Zoning Board on Thursday rejected a South Minneapolis homeowner's appeal for a front yard hockey rink. I'm very disappointed, said Phil Melkerson, who appeared before the board accompanied by his wife and three kids ages 9, 7, and 4. Melkerson put up the rink in the front yard of his corner lot at DuPont Avenue South and West 47th Street because it wouldn't fit among the oaks in his backyard. After a neighbor complained, city officials informed Melkerson that the rink was too close to his lot line. He either had to take it down or obtain a variance from the 25-foot setback. In other words, the neighbor said, hey, pal. This is too close to my yard. Your rink is right here. I mean, come on. The board voted 5-3 to to reject Melkerson's request for the variance. Board members said. I love that night. What did you say? Five to three? Eight people we got to weigh in on this Mm -hmm. neighborhood issue here. Board members said they weren't voting against rinks, just the location of this one in a front yard. Rob Salmon, who lives across the street from the Melkersons, was pleased with the decision. We have laws, he said, and we should follow the laws. For Salmon, the rink was a violation of zoning codes that exist to preserve the integrity and aesthetics of a neighborhood. It not only violated the setback requirements, but the unpainted boards ringing it are an eyesore, Selman said in a previous interview. Malkerson came to Thursday's board meeting uh, offering an olive branch. Malkerson being, let me read, let me. uh, Is that the guy? Malkerson's the guy across the street. All right. Uh, He suggested city officials grant the variance, provided that the hockey boards be a uniform height that would be no higher than 36 inches and that they be painted white to blend in with the snow. He said the rink would not go up earlier. Oh, Malkerson is the rink owner. Yeah. Malkerson uh, He's said, the guy. Malkerson said, well, how about you do, how about if I do this? I paint the boards white and I make them a uniform height. Will you give me the variance then? He said the rink would not go up earlier than November 15 and would be taken down by April 15. Boy, he's optimistic if he thinks the kids can skate until April 15. Oh, this year you almost well, could. We're going to get snow on the home mm-hmm. opener. Salmon, the neighbor, was joined by three other neighbors who also opposed the variance. They argued the rink, albeit a smaller one, could go up next year in Melkerson's backyard. I am not anti-kid, Salmon said after the vote. A deflated Melkerson said it's unlikely he'll build a rink in his backyard because it would be too small. It would be worthless, he said. Where do our sensibilities lie? This so, was in the Star Tribune today. I have the advantage of having a photo of the rink before, oh, in front of me. So this leads me to believe you might vote differently than me. Because I, I, I'm for this guy. It's winter. What do you care what your neighbor's yard looks like? There is that. If he was doing this in July, I would understand. But There is wh- that. What do you care what your neighbor... And it's not... It's in his yard. Can't you just say, okay, just as long as it's taken down by spring. Well, I don't intend to make any enemies with Phil Melkerson because I, too, am a veteran of attempting to flood the uh, 
the yard for a mm-hmm, rink. Mm-hmm. Oh, and all mine went downhill, ran into the alley, and <laughs> it was tough to get her going. Why is her water bill seven thousand dollars? And I and I had the damn hose down the basement. I was running out the door, and oh, I failed miserably. Are you gonna? Are you? Oh no! Do I need the gavel? Oh no! I. I thought you would be pro rink here. I, you know, I told you this is a very tough one. Wow, you're shocking! You, I me. haven't said anything. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my. That's me jumping to a conclusion, and I apologize. Mm-hmm. Get that. Um, as I say, I have the. Uh, you know, I have the advantage of having read the paper. Oh, unlike my people, so I'm seeing a picture of the rink. I'm trying to picture 47th and DuPont. Uh, somebody help me. Is it along the creek? Is it the creek area? Minnehaha Creek? It's a, a, in other words, I guess it's a nice neighborhood, right? Uh, somebody help me with 47th and DuPont. That I, might weigh into my decision. I'm going to pull it up. because I, I think I can picture it, but I need uh, to pull it up. I want to know if it's near Minnehaha Creek. This The safe bet is if it's near Minnehaha Creek, you know, it's pretty nice. Anything six blocks on either side of the creek is pretty desirable urban living, isn't it? Pull up the maps. I like looking at maps. Pete? Yeah, Joe, Pete the mailman. Hi, Pete. Uh, I grew up in that neighborhood, so it's 47th. It's about uh, the, the creek's on uh, 51st, basically. Right, right. You're and about two blocks of Lake Harriet. Yep, and it goes into DuPont on 46, turns into Kings Highway. So it's a really swell area, in other words. Yeah, it's a really nice area. Yeah. DuPont's a really nice, and a lot of nice houses and a lot of nice trees. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if there was, somebody would have asked this guy, basically, if you believe in laws, do you believe in sanctuary cities? Just, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Pete. And, and one other thing, you know, you do, on your walk in the morning, you know where 825 Goodrich is? Well, uh, absolutely. They always, yeah. nice, they always have a nice rink over there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Thank you. All right. Okay. Yep. Good luck. Yep. There's a. Uh, I know a rink in a side yard in St. Paul in Crocus Hill. Uh, to I don't think it's ever received a complaint. I think it's an elderly couple who allow the rink to be built. That's the story I heard, and they love sitting in the window and watching the kids play. But it's the boards, so to speak. Hell, they're not a foot high, so it, it's it it can't really be considered an eyesore. Tom? Yeah, hi, Joe. Hi. Uh, my idea was he should have tested their environmental litmus test and threatened to cut down all the oak trees in the backyard and put it up there. There you go. All right, thank you. I, I, oh, no. That's a tough one. Who's, who's that, Paul? That would be Paul. Paul? Uh, Joe, it's a tough one. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a question of garage logic, uh, usual logic. It's a space management problem. And the space management problem is this. If you don't have a house that doesn't have a backyard for a backyard rink, you don't get to have a backyard rink in your front yard. Very good point, sir. Thank you. I think that Paul was... Uh, here, here's my ruling. It's a ding-ding rink. Oh. Can you run in here real quick? Sure. I want, I want Reavers to see the picture and then uh, see if it affects what, my, uh, what ultimately will be my ruling. Now, I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to see the picture so that it might it might affect your it might affect your thinking when I make my ruling. All right. All right. Now run back there before the 
All right. So he came in and he saw the picture. I'll wait till he takes his seat. My ruling is, uh, and I love Pete's take on this, the neighbors who said laws are laws, it would be fun to know their position on sanctuary city laws. But that's neither here nor there. We're discussing a hockey rink. And I'm pro hockey rinks. There was one in my neighborhood a couple of years ago, and I like nothing more than going for a walk at night and listen to those kids bang the puck off oh, the boards yeah. back there. Oh, it hearkened me back. It hearkened me back. The tape to tape pass. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Those kids are older now. I don't even think that rinks up. But that was a backyard rink. Okay. It was not in the front. Although now that I think about it, in my on my block this winter there was a front yard rink. And did anyone complain? Not that I'm aware of. All right then. <clears throat> but the boards again were. They couldn't have been, you can't call them boards. It was a retaining wall that couldn't have been more than a foot high. So, and what what did this gentleman, what was he going to go back and say, 36 inches he was he said, to go? how about a variance if I uh, paint the boards white and uh, make uh, make all the boards no higher than 36 inches? But I can't get past, this is the part that I'm having a hard time with. Mm-hmm. I can't get past, we live in the state of hockey. Right. It's cold here. It's winter. We're the bold north. Right. Hockey is kind of our thing. I agree. Uh, tough one. Why, tough why one. would you as a neighbor have a problem with that? Very tough. I think I can help you in just a moment. I'm worried. I'm worried how you're going to rule. Just a minute. Take that orchestra down. Joe? Yes, sir. You're on the air. Yeah, you and I go back till to day one, Joe. Okay. Uh, I'm a retiree of the South St. Paul Fire Department. Back when I was working, way back when, I'm riding around with a co-worker, and we went past his house on, I think it was South U and 11th. Anyway, and his kids, he's got two boys, 13, 14 years old. They're riding up and down the embankment in front of the house and riding their bicycles around the house and back down, and they've got almost ruts in the grass. Right. You know, I mean... And and Greg, he looks over and looks at his boys, and he he laughs, and he says, yeah. He says, sometimes you just have to decide, are you going to raise kids or are you going to raise grass? That's Harmon Killebrew's line from his Hall of Fame induction because he would wear out the front yard in Pocatello, Idaho, and his parents said, we're raising kids, not grass. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I mean, those kids ain't going to be there forever. You know, they'll the people of the parents will move away, and somebody else will live there, and no one will ever know that there ever was a hockey rink there. And I, I'm a hundred percent with you on this. I haven't ruled yet. Well, I'm still with you. All right, thank you. Yep, I'm with Joe. Not you, the caller. I you you were raising kids. We ain't raising a front yard that doesn't have a hockey rink in Didn't it. Didn't I tell you this was a tough one? Oh, and I'm a mayor. I know. I know. Let me ask you this before you rule. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you, Joe Sushri. Here I am. I'm right here. How could you, as a guy mm-hmm. who loves the game of hockey, who raised kids of your own, had how, a rank, how could you be the guy that called in to complain? Well, I'm not you sure wouldn't, that I, I'm not you sure wouldn't that I would guy. have. Yeah, I don't think any GLer would be that person to call in to complain. That's a non-GLer. That calls in to complain that the hockey rink's too close to my yard. Well, it's very 
difficult. This is very difficult for me. Oh, no. Very difficult. Oh, no. I had a rink growing up my entire life. Mm-hmm. This is very difficult. Oh, no. I'm going with the zoning board. Wow. And wow. I'll tell you why. I'll wow. tell you. I'll tell you why. Wow. I'll tell you why. I'm shocked. And God love you, Melkerson. You're doing what a dad should do. You built your kids a rink. But did you have to build such an ugly one? <laughs> well, wait a minute. Now this is an aesthetics question? It is. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's completely understandable that that his neighbors found this to be aesthetically problematic. It's not a handsome piece of work. And I'm again, I repeat, love you, Malkerson. You you're doing what a dad should do. But I think a couple of things you could have done to get out ahead of the curve. Uh, one, uh, you got to build a better looking rink. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't I mean, that- this looks like scrap plywood the guy found of, of different heights, you know, with, with posts holding it up. And, uh, but isn't that almost the charm of a, and it almost looks the boards, rink? the boards, uh, so to speak, you, you know, one end is square. The other end is kind of. Tried to be round. <laughs> Looks like a headboard. <laughs> and and the they look to be at least waist high, if not taller than that. Oh, well. And I'm sorry. I, I really, really don't want to rule this way. But I, I think that the aesthetics are, of a neighborhood are extremely important. And I think I don't, I, I I don't believe the neighbors were uh, angered by those kids skating. I think they were. I don't even know if they're angry. I think what they were were they were concerned that uh, this 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 is an eyesore. Now to get out ahead of the curve, he could have done a couple of things, maybe. Go to the neighbors and say, you know, I really want to build my kids a rink, but there just isn't room in the backyard. The only space I have is the front yard. And would you object to that? And they might say, well, what kind of rink? And he said, well, I got some plywood. And they go, well, you know, it's to have it in the front yard, I have to look pretty good. He probably could have gotten away with this. If it was in the backyard? Well, well, A, he couldn't because they didn't have enough No, room. but let's say it was in the backyard. There's not a problem in Hill. He, no one's going to challenge a backyard rink. Not in the state of hockey. No one. I'd, I'd be shocked if we were having this discussion based on a backyard rink. But like the caller said, he's got his backyard rink in the front yard. If it was in the backyard, this would never make the newspapers. But anyway, so he goes back to the neighbors. He says, you know, I really want to create this rink for my kids. Uh, and they, they they could have said, well, wait a minute. how hot, What kind of boards are you going to do? Well, I got this scrap lumber back here from a project we had, and I'm going to just figure out how to. They said, oh, no, 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 no. Why don't you do it so it's it, they're all white and they're about a foot high just to contain the water? And, and uh, I think he might have gotten away with that. See, we had a few in our in our neighborhood, and the thought to call to complain never once occurred to me. And a couple of them were a little ding ding. Well, are you talking about when you were a kid? No, I'm talking this winter. Were they in front yards? Uh, one was the rest were all in backyards. Yeah. See, there was one, I told you there was one in my uh, block this winter, but it was 
there was no reason to really complain about it. The guy wanted to flood his front lawn. That's up to him. And all he had around it was this, you know, some plastic, a little plastic wall that couldn't have been more than a foot high. In fact, now that I recall, there was one a couple blocks down and it kind of went uphill. Mm-hmm. The rink did? Oh, yeah. Those so one side kind of, was tough skating. <laughs> that's tough. All my water ran into the alley one right. year. Is that Rodney? Rod- Roderick. Roderick? Yes. Go ahead, please. Uh, a couple of quick questions. Um, I am against the rink in the front, just to state my position first. But right. I say to people, if a father wants to put a football field in the front of his yard because he can't fit in the back and he wants to put two goalposts and say, hey, I'm raising kids, would you be okay with that? If they say, I want to put in a water park or mini water park in the front because I'm raising kids, not raising grass, would you be okay with that? Yeah. If you start with allowing the rink in the front, then where do you stop? I agree. Thanks. Thank you. I agree. I, I, uh, it, it, wow. I, I did not want to rule this way at all. but Because you're it, pro-rink. I'm pro-rink and pro-dads doing stuff for kids. But, man, he built a bad-looking rink. <laughs> does have a touch of ding-ding yeah, to it's it. It's got the ding-ding look, yeah. Uh, we'll be back in a moment, but now thanks to our good... Well, is there, the markets are closed today. We still have Bruce? Bruce, he's here. All right, thanks to our good friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business. Here's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now. Well, see, here's the problem with your original theory that there is really no reason to complain. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be painting your mailbox. You could be, somebody will complain. Yeah. They but you always got, you, do. You need to see a picture of the rink. Oh, well, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know, I, I'd worry about the neighbor building the uh, hot dog concession next to it. Right. But, yeah, that's the problem. Uh, quiet day on Wall Street today. No numbers, no anything. The markets are closed for Good Friday. Walmart is exploring an acquisition of health insurer Humana, a move that would put the retailer in a complicated, highly regulated business. While Walmart's revenue eclipsed $500 billion in the latest fiscal year, its profits have declined over the last three years. One retail consultant said Walmart is now so big that the opportunities for future expansion in the U.S. are limited. That may be why the company is looking at Humana. The Twins today announced a new option for fans traveling to Target Field through an integration with the parking platform ParkWiz. Twins fans can find, book, and pay for parking spaces before reaching the ballpark. You simply visit Target Field's website, select the date and time, then book and pay for your parking spot, and hopefully it's open when you get there. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thank you, Bruce. We'll check in again in one hour. Hey, jailers, check this out. This is pretty cool. 1500 ESPN is launching the Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge. Head on over to the website, 1500ESPN.com, and you can participate in all of the Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge. Here's how it works. You'll take all four majors and the PGA Championship, so be prepared to do this once a month for the next couple of months. You're going to choose a golfer from each of the nine tiers prior. Here's John Knight. Hey, could you know it's cloudy, some uh, light snow falling, 40 degrees. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store, proud sponsor of The Beer Show with Mr. Reavers. Thursday nights here at 1500 ESPN. Guess what? Hmm. So last night, uh, don't mean to hijack you, Johnny, sorry. Joe, you gave me the story about the marijuana-infused uh, beer in Fort Myers. Right. I asked the guys from Sierra Nevada who were on the show last night. Mm-mm-mm. Apparently... The THC component that they're going to be infusing is a cousin of the varietal of hops oh. plant. 
Okay. So it actually could I be. I thought they weren't infusing any of the THC part, just the oils or the, and the, the non, the, the, yeah. the non, uh, what do you, what the do you call it? Uh, Mind-altering, yeah. yeah, component. But apparently, it's it's uh, it, it can produce a very high quality beer. Huh. All right, so there well, you go. Yeah. Boom, we provide answers. Yep. <laughs> Twins, you decide. Twins off today. I did. I ruled against the rain. I know you did. I'm yeah. still shocked by that. Yeah. Uh, the emailers are whew. against me. Mm. Oh boy, well, it'll you know, happen. It's tough being mayor. Well, there's an unsigned social contract we all have with our neighbors and. It's it can it's often, Gladys Kravitz it, no, calling not, a complaint. No, no, I don't think so. I think it is. <laughs> Twins off today. They'll be back at it tomorrow night against the Orioles in Baltimore. A six oh five game Saturday hour time. Uh, now coming in here, I had a story that was going to tell you the Vikings were talking to receiver Kendall Wright on a free agent visit, but then Mister Reavers informed me he just got a press release saying the Vikings have signed free agent receiver. Kendall Wright. Yep, Samuel Newton from the Vikings tells me that it is done. Official. Boom. Uh, Mr. Wright, uh, not a bad receiver. Had a good year for the Bears last year, and considering the Bears quarterbacks, that's saying something. Uh, he caught 59 passes last year for 614 yards for Chicago. Timberwolves are Dallas tonight to take on the Mavericks. News notes from today. The owner of that SUV alleged to have been the vehicle involved in a fatal hit and run in Alexandria last week told dispatchers that he or she believes they, quote, hit the kid that evening but thought it was a curb. That according to a search warrant filed yesterday. Police have not yet specified the gender of the driver or identified the driver. 26-year-old Travis Pennig was hit and killed along 34th Avenue in Alexandria late in the evening on March 19th. Police said Wednesday the registered owner came forward to say he or she believed their vehicle might have hit Penig. A search warrant filed yesterday and said Alexandria police were made aware on March 25th the vehicle's owner had called 911 to say the owner thinks they did hit the kid in Alexandria. Warrant indicates the caller was remorseful. Authorities collected the vehicle from the owner's residence and said it had front end and passenger side damage consistent with a crash. University of Minnesota police say they received a report of a male suspect allegedly trying to record video of a student in a restroom at Peak Hall on Wednesday. The man was described as around 40 with a bigger build, blonde hair, and a scruffy beard, reportedly wearing a baseball cap and light green or beige jacket. matter remains under investigation. The department said it has not received reports of any other such incidents. Anyone with information is asked to call the university police department. Hmm. A roadside bomb in northern Syria killed two coalition personnel, an American and a Briton, and wounded five others in a rare attack since the U.S.-led coalition sent troops into that country. The military did not say where the attack took place or give the nationalities of the other casualties, but it came hours after a local Syrian official said that a roadside explosion in the tense, mixed Arab-Kurdish town of Manbij that is not far from the border with Turkey. Manbij is under threat of a Turkish military operation, and Kara says Syrian Kurdish militiamen views it as uh, are viewed as terrorists and an extension of Kurdish insurgents inside Turkey. And they're in control of that town. Stefan Clark, the unarmed 22-year-old killed by Sacramento police officers earlier this month, was shot eight times, most of those bullets hitting him in the back. That, according to an independent autopsy requested by the family's attorneys, the bullet, some of which hit Clark in the back, neck, and thigh, caused extensive bleeding, according to Dr. Bennett Umalu. At least one pierced Clark's lung. Umalu, who's known for his role in highlighting concussive damage to football players, said at a news conference today that the death wasn't instantaneous. He announced the findings amid continuing public anger over Clark's death. 
day earlier, hundreds of mourners gathered to grieve for Clark at a funeral that alluded to the tensions lingering in the community. Police said at the time they thought Clark had a gun. They have since, uh, since said he was only holding an iPhone. The serial stowaway. Remember her? Sure. Marilyn Hartman. She's been traveling free for a long time. Yep. Uh, she's accused of sneaking into a jet and flying to London without a ticket. Well, she is unfit to stand trial, according to a Cook <laughs> County judge. Is she goofy? Apparently, yeah. yes. Mm. 66-year-old Marilyn Hartman will be transferred from Cook County Jail to a state mental health facility in hopes that with treatment she'll be able to stand trial within a year. You know what she needs? A significant other with a job at the airport. Mm-hmm. Just get her on a plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. In recent weeks, experts found that Hartman exhibited signs of delusions and thinks she's being persecuted. Judge Maura Slattery-Boyle said from the bench before ordering Hartman into the custody of the State Department of Human Services that she needs help. The two doctors who conducted court-ordered mental health examinations determined Hartman has various psychological issues and is not fit to stand trial. Uh, You may remember she actually frequented our airport Mm -hmm. at times while stowing away on various flights. Uh, I believe at last count, it wasn't in this story, but she was up to at least seven different flights that she had stowed away on that she was caught on. ABC has picked up Roseanne for another season. The network announced today. I promise I won't do any more Roseanne stories after this, Joe. I promise. News comes as little surprise. (laughs) Comes as little surprise after the premiere of the new 10th season uh, bowed Tuesday to massive ratings, besting even the original series finale nearly 20 years ago. All right, you have to answer this question. You have to pick a side. What troubles you more? 18.2 million people tuning into the, the relaunch of Roseanne or the president calling the next day to congratulate her? The way I would answer that is the following. <laughs> yes. The television show Roseanne cannot be the topic of a national conversation. There you go. That's a good answer. Very wow. nicely done. So you didn't pick a side. The, uh, <laughs> the unexpected success uh, caught everyone by surprise. The 18.2 million made it the most watched scripted program on ABC since the year 2008. As Chris said, the president called Roseanne Barr, uh, who was one of his supporters, and <laughs> dialed her up to deliver congratulations personally. Uh, Much has been made about the reasons for the show's success, but in an interview with the New York Times, ABC Entertainment President Channing Dungy attributed it to the show's portrayal of a blue-collar family. The show overperformed in middle America, with Tulsa, Oklahoma, counting as its biggest market in L.A. and New York. Roseanne didn't even make the top 20. How you doing? Don't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just hours after having a $461,000 Ferrari 488 GTB delivered, a man crushed the car, uh, crashed the car, excuse me, into a tree after losing control. A good part, he wasn't even supposed to be driving. Does this break your heart more than the Roseanne That story? breaks my heart more. Yeah, I was just going to say. The car was purchased by international soccer star Louis Graban. Oh. <laughs> However, it was being driven by his brother-in-law at the time of the crash, which caused about $172,000 worth of damage. Graban wasn't due to be home the day that he had arranged that his wife's brother, Michael O'Donnell, would be there to take receipt of the vehicle. O'Donnell and his friend then started the engine and posed for photos and video clips of the cars, according to The Sun. Uh, Then they made the mistake of deciding they should take it for a drive. All of this comes in the court case that is up right now. Prosecutor Peter Shaw said because O'Donnell had injured his wrist the day before, his buddy would drive and O'Donnell would sit in the front passenger seat of the car. 
despite the fact that neither was insured to drive such a high-powered vehicle. He told O'Donnell he had driven a Porsche before. Don't worry, he'd be able to handle it. I got to think 50% of the people who drive a Ferrari shouldn't. Yeah, you're right. Or can't. <laughs> After, That's a tough one to explain to the brother-in-law. Mm. So here, here's what, uh, here's what happened. There's no insurance, right? Yeah. Oof. So you're out to 450 Gs. After driving uh, along the road, they decided to turn around and head back home. Uh, as they were returning, the other fella put his foot down slightly. It went faster. He lost control, hit a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also admitted to driving with no insurance. The pair climbed out of the wrecked car, dazed and shocked, and O'Donnell phoned the sister, Catherine, to tell her what happened. She thought he was joking. <laughs> So they walked back to the house. Mm-hmm. When she saw the cut on his face, she realized he was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did. Uh, uh, the ambulance arrived. Uh, he was charged, and uh, O'Donnell was ordered to carry out 225 hours of unpaid work. Both are disqualified from driving for 12 months. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're back down to 39 degrees. I think we've seen our high for the day, which was 40 last hour. Uh, we're going to be dropping tonight all the way down to about 32 by evening. There's a, a really large area of rain, sleet, and snow breaking out across the Dakotas. It appears as though the heaviest precip uh, from tonight through early tomorrow is going to be in central parts of our state, where as much as 7 to uh, 10 inches of snow could fall in a few places there. Here in southern Minnesota and around the Twin Cities, maybe an inch or two on grassy areas in the north metro. South metro roadways just wet. I, I think we're going to be right on that rain-snow line here in the Twin Cities. Anything south of us, probably lesser amounts of snow. North of us should see the heaviest amounts. There is a winter storm warning for a large part of central and northern Minnesota. Overnight tonight, then down to 28. Tomorrow's high temperature, 33. That'll happen early in the day with temperatures falling in the afternoon. Winds gusty, 25 to 30 miles per hour out of the northwest. It's going to be a blustery afternoon tomorrow. Sunday, partly cloudy, a little less windy. Still be cool, though, 36 for the high. And then 40 on Monday, Tuesday, 35. More rain, sleet, and snow develops Monday evening and lasts into Tuesday. Partly cloudy and cool the rest of next week. High staying in the mid to upper 30s, way below the average. The average is now up to 49 and uh, not going to get close to that. We're at 39 right now, Joe, and I have the records for the day. March 30. 82 on this date. 82. In 1986. In 1986. One below zero. One below. In 1969. In 1969. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Getting back to this rink for a moment. Mm-hmm. A couple of things occur to me. Uh, wouldn't you, th- to my way of thinking, you would know your neighbor your immediate neighbor. Sure. And reporting isn't what it used to be, so we don't know if uh, Malkerson had a relationship with uh, with the neighbors, right? Not in the story. No, we did not learn that. Well, that w- I would need to know that. Uh, and two, everyone's in agreement that the right thing to do is to get the kids outside because that beats the hell out of them playing with their iPad or their cell phone, mm-hmm. right? We're mm-hmm. all, that's not the issue. Though. We're all on board. That's not the issue. The issue is uh, extraordinarily technical. If, if you grant a variance for that rink, then what would you have, like the previous caller said, Roderick, I think, what would you not have to grant a variance for? What if I wanted to keep a rusted Buick in my front yard because someday I'm going to get to, I'm going to restore it? Well, Right? That's an aesthetic problem. Take the kids out of it. 
I I can't put a. Uh, what if I kept a boat in the yard, uh, you know, covered with a tarp in the front yard because it was my intention someday to get it into the garage and restore it? I, I, that wouldn't fly. I wouldn't do it. You have to stop and say to yourself, oh, "What I'm, what I wish to do here. How will it? Uh, how will it look? How will it affect other people? Uh, should I really? Should I really do this?" I, I wish the guy luck. Maybe he'll have to, can he take a tree down or two in the backyard? I don't know. But it's a, it's a tough one. But I have a ray of hope, so we need one. Here's today's ray of hope. I got an email from Greg in Washington State. Mayor, I'm a sixth grade teacher. My students just returned from art class, and one kid was really excited to show me his project. And he, he included a photograph. He's just a fun-loving kid who couldn't be nicer. I guess not all teachers in schools are losing their minds over perceived issues at school. How about we stop giving school violence so much attention and get back to doing what we do best, teaching in our own unique ways? This student in my class will take his little homemade rocket-propelled grenade launcher home today and run out to the woods behind his house and pretend to shoot squirrels with it. Nothing more, nothing less. Not sure if this is a ray of hope for you, but it is for me. Yes, and he included a picture. The kid made what looks like a ding-ding RPG. Sure. And the teacher was cool with it. That's a ray of hope. And I'm I'm sorry, I was on the phone, but how old? How old was the kid? Sixth grade. Oh, that's great. And he said, the kid's a good kid. He's going to take it home and go out in the woods and pretend to shoot squirrels. Yes. Nothing more, nothing less. That's exactly what a sixth grade kid should be doing. Can you imagine in how many schools oh my God. that would have caused a shutdown. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? And not only that, but then traumatizing the kid, too. Yeah. I got another one. Here we go. I got another one. Positive it's Friday. Ray of hope. Minnesota's top high school archer. It's a girl from St. Paul. This is almost where do, you, where do our sensibilities lie. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Emily Yang. A junior at Open World Learning Community. I didn't even know that was a school. Hmm. Never heard of it. They got a mascot? I I don't like those kinds of names of schools. Yeah, they're the owls. Oh. Uh, She uh, beat uh, Emily Yang, a seventh grader with nothing to do but wait for her mom to finish work every day as a school counselor. Then a classmate suggested archery, and she took it up, and uh, she loved it. And uh, four years later... The 16-year-old Yang is a state champion, having outscored 236 high school girls and 246 boys last Saturday in Bemidji. Wow. Isn't that something? Her St. Paul school, Open World Learning Community, is the only St. Paul or Minneapolis school that has an archery team. Wow. Uh, Principal David Gundale said Yang is Owl's first state champ in any sport. She's also the first Hmong American student to win Minnesota's National Archery in Schools program state archery title and possibly the first student of color to do so. The schools that dominate this sport, of course, have big hunting traditions, Gundale said. Like many archers, Yang acknowledges a particular pop culture influence. Her favorite book is The Hunger Games whose female protagonist is a deadly archer, and she has a Mockingjay sticker from the movie on her bow. Uh, archery has since become a major part of her life. She writes fiction for fun, and her main character carries a bow and arrow. Now, you all know where we could take this story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
She won a bow in an essay contest during eighth grade and set up a target in her Woodbury basement that same year. She practices with her team three days a week, two more days at home. I guess she's a hard worker and uh, uh, one one heck of an archer, I guess, huh? Man. Uh, after a four-hour drive, Vang took her stance at 11.30 a.m. and hit the center ring with 23 of 30 arrows from 10 and 15 meters. She thought she had some eights, but upon closer inspection, the other seven arrows each hit the gold section for nine points. Her score of 293 put her in position to medal, but she had to wait several hours to find out. Some of the state's best archers were shooting later in the day uh, because they also compete in the 3D target event. I don't know anything about archery. Uh, in any event, she takes on the next. She takes on the rest of the country. The national competition is in May in Louisville, Kentucky. Now you can substitute. This would never happen. She would not be celebrated. A student would not be celebrated, probably for a shooting title. Let's no, put it that no, way. Can known. you take us to break? We got to do a scramble. I can in just one quick moment. Can I give you my two cents on Brian Buck, Byron Buxton? Me, we'll sure. Uh, there seems to be great controversy uh, as to whether he should have been a pinch hit for yesterday. Mm-hmm. Was that in the ninth? That was in the ninth. Bases loaded? Uh, yes. Bases were loaded. Score not yet tied? No, in fact, the two runs that scored as a result of Grossman him being dropping hit. a hit. Yes. I would not have pinch hit for him. I was okay with it, but I also would have been fine with him hitting in that situation because I want fish or cut bait. I Let's want go. my young player to have that type of experience, especially this early in the season. And uh, you know, Phil and Judd are, are took opposite. Or I think hey, Judd thought it was cool, and Phil didn't. But I, Molitor made the right call. Grossman delivered. That's true. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. Have a wonderful Easter.